Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Now, I'm not going to come on here and say that we got more work in here at the station than some of the San Francisco 49ers starter did today. Obviously, in pregame, they got a lot of work in. But we can say that we played as many snaps today as Trey Lance, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and 22 other starters potentially for the San Francisco 49ers. This is your postgame coverage. Evan Giddings along with Sterling Bennett. Glad to be rocking with you here on the air, Sterling. We're going to be doing this until 9 o'clock, and I'm ready to get in and have some fun. Jump fired up, man. Niners preseason doesn't really count, but it counts tonight for us. Game's still on, but we're going to rock this thing until 9 o'clock tonight. I'm super excited. Yeah, we appreciate everyone hopping in here. Obviously, a lot to talk about with the 49ers. Maybe it's not so much as far as the game is concerned individually, but there was still some stuff that we were able to glean. There were three potential impact players that were on the field today and that performed pretty admirably for the San Francisco 49ers. But as we're looking at a game in which the Niners, meaningless or not, are probably going to walk away with a victory against Minnesota. 2-0 in the preseason. Certainly a lot better than 0-2, whether you take anything from before regular season into account or otherwise. doesn't hurt to walk into another person's stadium, this time the Minnesota Vikings, and walk away with a W. Do I feel like the Baltimore Ravens, nine wins, I think it was in the preseason in a row. We're undefeated, man. Yep. It's a young season, we're undefeated, but Javon Kinlaw today. My goodness. It was great to see him back. The energy he had, the impact he had on the field. If you're excited for a guy that's coming off injury, in my mind is is just wrapped around Javon Kinlaw saying, I cannot wait to see him play next week. Then week one comes around. His 2022 season is going to be big. He's going to be so important for this team. He's going to be very important. We're going to get into why, as far as the position groups are concerned, the hierarchy as far as the 49ers have them right now. Obviously, defensive line is a strength. We're going to get into some question marks around the rest of the team. The backfield, what's going on with the running backs? So we didn't see some of the starters, but we saw guys who are going to be asked to play this season. And there were some question marks that Sterling and I have. We're also going to talk about the secondary that's a bit banged up right now. What are the 49ers going to do before September 11th, before week one at Soldier Field against Chicago? What are they going to do to try and sure up some of those patchy position groups? We're going to get into all that again. We're taking you up until 9 o'clock here, right here on 95.7 The Game. For those of you tuning in now, if you have anything to chime in about, the text line, the Comcast business text line is always open, 888-957-9570. Also free to call in, same number right there. But Sterling, you know, but before we get into the nitty-gritty, I really just want to ask you, number one, what were you looking for coming into this game, knowing that the majority of those kind of impact guys, all the people that we talk about day in and day out in practices, joint practices this week in Minnesota, we didn't get a chance to see all of them. 
Although we saw a few, Javon Kim lost certainly being one of them. But what did you feel coming into this game? And then do you feel even any different walking out of it? I will say this, that the one thing I wanted to see improved upon from last week against Green Bay was the running game. I came in saying, I want to see Ty Davis Price make some impact runs. I want to see Trey Sermon build upon what was a shaky rookie season and improve this year. Always gotten stronger. Today just didn't seem like there was much improved upon when it came to the running game. And Kyle Shanahan's offense is so run heavy, I just haven't seen the punch, the oomph that I want to see from the young guys on this roster so far. Michael Hasty's been here for a few years. He looks like the pass catching back that he was last year, so he'll probably make this roster. Jordan Mason looks really strong, but guys like Ty Davis Price and that other third round pick, Trey Sermon, there's just something lacking that I haven't seen thus far. Well, the one thing that has not been lacking this preseason has been ta- uh, turnovers, takeaways by the defense. And as we're talking, Taylor Hawkins, rookie safety out of San Diego State, a free agent signing earlier this year, came up with another interception. Five. So that marks multiple turnovers again in two straight preseason weeks for San Francisco. That's five INTs thus far in the preseason. And we'll get into Trey Lance later in the show, but if you want to make a young quarterback feel comfortable, get him the ball back. They're doing that now. Jimmy Ward ain't playing, Traverius Ward ain't playing, and Mosley ain't playing. None of the starters are playing, and they're getting turnovers. That's a great sign for a young quarterback like Trey Lance. Knowing that you got guys behind you that can pick you up, whether you're having your best game or your worst game, is certainly something that is of value to a first-year starting quarterback. It's valuable to any quarterback around the league. And we're going to get into Trey Lance, whether, you know, what, the reasons why we didn't see him today. And also, maybe, you know, maybe we should have seen him today. We're going to get into all that and much more coming up. But, you know, for the 49ers and their defense to hold, you know, Minnesota Vikings stay to seven points, it was, I mean, to be just blunt. It was pretty, it, was, it was a rock fight today. I mean, it was, especially in that first half, we only saw Nate Sudfeld. We only saw Brock Purdy. They they were switching drives. Uh, there was, you know, some inconsistency. And so it's, it is difficult to glean anything of substance from one game. But taking a look at the storylines coming into the preseason, the first couple of weeks now under the 49ers belt, they'll be playing on Thursday night on Amazon against the Houston Texans next Thursday. And we're going to get into the next week. And then, of course, the big break between week three of the preseason and then the beginning of the regular season. But, you know, if we're looking at, all right, what can you pretty much pencil in for the 49ers? The one thing I felt like tonight that I wanted to look for was, okay, the defensive line, I know that that is a strength of the 49ers, even if Nick Bosa and others are not on the field. Kinlaw was. Javon Kinlaw was. He he had himself a nice man's move in the first half to get to the quarterback, took down Kellen Mond, and really just ate up this Minnesota offensive line. That's a guy who's got a lot of eyes on him this year, considering where he was selected and what he has not been able to do yet for the 49ers, which is stay on the field. Well, don't forget, he's also someone that has had eyes on him off the field, too. And you got to back that up. And I think so far we've seen him physically. We saw the video of him walking off the practice field, and you're like, oh, my goodness. This guy's a monster. He eats squirrels for a living. (laughs) Like, that's just who he is. And, like, he has to prove himself. He was coming in to replace DeForest Buckner, and he hasn't done so just yet. But now it's not just replacing Buckner. It's you have to be the guy that replaces DJ Jones. And in 2020, he was better than DJ Jones was in 2021. People don't want to hear that, but that's what it was. Now he come back, he's healthy. Hopefully he can be who you think he should be, that first-round status. But what he's shown in camp, in preseason, albeit you know 
maybe one and a half games thus far in the reps he's gotten, it's promising. And you're telling me he's next to Nick Bosa, now Drake Jackson, Ebukam, Ture, that defensive line. We talk about winning in the trenches. I mean, San Francisco can win in the trenches with their third string. That's how good they are. And you have Javon Kinlaw back now. It's just there's so much to praise from or praise this team for. And just getting guys back that are healthy, I think, while you can't credit the team for that, it's about these players have to go out there and prove. And I think Javon Kinlaw, he's someone who I can't wait to see. But also, I believe in him. Because I've seen him do it the first you know, two months of the preseason. And I just can't wait to see him in the regular season. Well, and again, we still got to wait a couple of weeks. September 11th, that's week one. We'll get to see everyone in the San Francisco 49ers. But that takes me to really kind of my first question as far as the preseason is concerned. How much value do you put into depth and especially with the 49ers because they have depth at certain positions but with a guy like Javon Kinlaw Drake Jackson those are position groups on the defensive line I I feel like are going to have to almost carry a lot of the load especially early just because there's some injury concerns specifically in the secondary you mentioned Ward you mentioned Mosley and of course you know hamstrings have really just Decimated. Decimated, invaded, infested the 49ers in the preseason. And so how much do you put into the depth that the 49ers have? Where do you think it's at its strongest? Where do you think it's its weakest? And I'm going to start with you, Sterling. How much do you... Because we, we've, we've kind of heard, okay, the 49ers are a very deep roster. Now, that all, of course, surrounds Trey Lance, who is a potential X-factor on offense. But... How much do you actually buy into the whole notion that the 49ers are extremely deep and that in itself is a strength? Well, I don't necessarily think you have to be deep everywhere. You don't really have to be deep at quarterback. Nate Subfeld's just fine. Brock Purdy flashed a little bit tonight. You know, Brocky G, he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo out there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's too young to say that. but You're still going to learn how to get down. I mean, you're right. You got hammered. But that being said, <laughs> you only have to be strong with depth in certain areas. Up front is the biggest one. Defensive line, we know how deep they are. Guys like Alex Barrett are just insane depth players for this roster, and they could start for the Detroit Lions. Like, maybe not great teams, but good enough teams, right? Now, the offensive line, to me, well, maybe there are issues of, you know, or, or questions of how is that interior offensive line going to look? How is Jake Brentel going to play? What are Banks and Burford truly going to be come the regular season? Brunskill currently has a hamstring injury. So who are they after that front, after that first string? But when it comes to everywhere else, the depth to me doesn't mean too much. To me, what it means is that you're strong exactly where you have to be. Where it matters most come playoff time, that's where San Francisco has their strength. Because come week 19 in the playoffs, right, what do you need? You got to run the ball, control the clock and be able to stop the opposing offense. San Francisco can already do that now because they built themselves up that way. You don't need seven great receivers. You don't need seven great cornerbacks. We've seen teams survive with two good corners and just a placement guy in there at nickel. That being said, San Francisco is even good at those places. They don't need to be depth or have good depth at that. And that's really credit to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And we're going to dig deeper into the 49ers in just about 10 seconds after we step aside for legal identification right here on 95.7 The Game. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMC-FM at HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
All right, let's reset things a little here. Top of the hour, Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings, 49ers post-game coverage right here on 95-7, the game after the Niners win their second preseason game. This time they beat the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, and the score is 17-7. to The majority of those points, of course, coming in the fourth quarter. Whether you take something away from it, whether you don't, you got us for the next two hours talking about all things 49ers preseason today, preseason as a whole, into the regular season. We'll get to our predictions on the tail end of the show. We got Trey Lance questioned despite him not playing. And we got questions about, I mean, pretty much everyone we saw today, as Sterling just laid out so eloquently, is going to be called upon at some point in this season. So there were 27 49ers not playing tonight. One of the three regular starters, Javon Kinlaw, we were very impressed with. The other two I think we kind of agreed with Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford in the offensive line. And then we're going to get later into the show, into the 49ers fans' expectations, whether or not that's sort of setting Trey up in Trey Lance to succeed, whether it's setting him up to fail. Shanahan, just off the top, I feel like is setting him up for success, but the expectations are certainly a load that he'll have to carry. We'll get into the position groups, what's going on with the backfield for the 49ers. And as we welcome everyone in, And feel free to get at us. Comcast Business Text Line. You can call us 888-957-9570 with any questions, comments, concerns that you have about this team. They are perfect in the preseason, whatever that's worth. But they're they're heading into week three with a chance to finish things out on a strong note on Thursday night against Houston and the Texans. That'll be a nationally televised game on Amazon. But Trey Lance did not start tonight. Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy, Brocky G. Brocky G! as you've labeled him, pretty appropriately, honestly. Those were the two quarterbacks that we saw tonight. And I kind of pose this to you, and I want to pose this to to the listeners before we get into all the starting and the big stories, is was Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld pretty much battling for the second quarterback spot, the, the backup quarterback spot for the 49ers tonight? No, I don't think so, because you look at the contract San Francisco gave Nate Sudfeld. They gave him guaranteed money. And you can say, well, they gave Leon O'Neal a safety who they cut last week guaranteed money to, and he's gone. But that being said, there's a reason why Nate, Nate Sudfeld is still here from last year. And it's not because Garoppolo isn't on the roster or will, won't be on the roster in two weeks. They trust him. They know he knows the playbook. He's, and he's a good teacher for Trey Lance, someone that can get him maybe settled in if he's feeling uncomfortable. Brock Purdy can't do that. Brock Purdy's getting his feet wet, too. He's getting laid out on the field in a preseason game because he doesn't know how to slide yet. Like, his eyes are still big. You said he's during the headlights sometimes. And while he had good stats and he played pretty well today, I think Nate Sudfeld far and away has this job locked up and had it locked up before training camp even started. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for laying that out for me. I just needed to know. The people needed to know. And so now we can move on to the biggest question mark of this game, at least for me. And you even talked about it prior to the top of the hour. The running backs, the backfield of the San Francisco 49ers, a team that in all likelihood is not going to be dependent on the run, but is certainly going to use it a lot, especially in that first quarter of the season as Trey Lance, who did not play today and is probably going to get somewhere between two to four series against Houston, hopefully on Thursday. He is going to need a quality stable of running backs. And right now, Elijah Mitchell is sidelined with a hamstring injury. We don't know how much time he's going to miss. Hopefully, it's not a lot. But 
we talked about depth, and this is really why I, I kind of posed the question, how valuable is it really? Because if you look at the amount of bodies that the 49ers have in the backfield, they do have different options to go to. Trey Sermon was the one who started tonight against Minnesota. Again, they won that game 17-7. But you look at Jeff Wilson Jr., Ty Davis-Price, who was played very physically here tonight. Jermichael Hasty, Jordan Mason had a touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah, Jordan Mason makes me smile. Jordan, Jordan Mason. He's running more like Trey Mason here tonight. Oh, can't find him. <laughs> Gone. But this is why, this like, how do you wrestle with the amount of running backs that they have when none of them outside of Mitchell, who we don't know about right now, have really risen to the top? So to me, it's a very clear-cut one and two right now. You have Mitchell as your one, and you have Jeff Wilson Jr. as your two. He looks healthy. I saw him in training camp. I was there. He looked like the most standout running back of the group. That being said, you give me Trey Sermon, you give me Ty Davis Price, and you got Mason and got Hasty. There, no one has stood out. Out of those four being Price, Mason, and uh, Sermon, and Hasty, Hasty to me is a carryover from last year. He was their pass catcher last year. So you have three backs locked in, in my opinion. Then it comes down to Sermon, Price, and Mason. And right now, Mason's played the best. I get it. He's playing against fourth, fifth string guys, but he finds the hole almost majority of the time. He hits the hole better than anybody else on the roster that I've seen play with Sermon and Price included. And I'm thinking, some guys are going down. It's like drowning pool. Bodies are hitting the floor. <laughs> you got to have plenty of guys there. You got six. You don't need five receivers. Keep six running backs. Mitchell's already hurt. Wilson has the injury history. Sherman got hurt last year. You don't know what the rest of these guys are going to be. Why not keep six? Shanahan wants to run the ball 40 times a game, even if he doesn't have to with Lance being here. He's still going to want to do that. Well, you got your fifth and sixth stringers right here on 95.7 The Game. Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings taking you all the way up until 9 o'clock. I'm kind of with you as far as the running backs are concerned. I mean, I, I just wonder also... The combination, and really just that that backfield, they are solid on the outside. They have excellent position players that Trey Lance can deliver the ball to in Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I mean, Danny Gray, who got a lot of run today, maybe not as impressive as week one, but still got a lot of reps. Jawan Jennings we saw up there on the field against Minnesota. He has weapons to throw to, but combining... The question marks from the backfield along with the offensive line. I'm looking at an inexperienced O-line as pretty much you either need to be decent in the run or decent against the pass. And, you know, it, it is preseason. It's only been two games. We're not going to see the the entire combination of starting O-linemen together for all of, you know, maybe a snap or two in this entire preseason. But I just I just wonder how much depth or, or, or lack of depth on the O-line combined with not really knowing who's going to be the bell cow back for you this year outside of Mitchell and Wilson, like how much pressure does that put on Trey Lance? Because I can absolutely see Shanahan trying to dump things down and make Trey crawl before he walks and walk before he runs, but he's going to need a, a, a slew of running backs to depend on, and if there are question marks there, there might be a lot of 17-7 games early in this season. Well, I think that's that's what's tricky, right? Everyone's hung up on the offensive line isn't very good. We have no idea what they're going to be. But the question is, they can create all the holes in the world if no one hits them. That's not their fault. Then vice versa, if they're not making holes, the running backs can't go anywhere. And I think that's where you kind of find your yin and your yang, right? Where if they're not working uh, together 
and they're not working as a unit, this running game, while Shanahan can scheme guys open for Trey Lance to throw to pretty easily, while he can scheme the running game, he's probably the best running game in the NFL, while Shanahan can do his part, it's up to players to do theirs. And when you have question marks like Aaron Banks, who actually has played pretty well in his first two preseason games, gotten bigger since last season, got his footwork right as well. Then you have Brendel, who has chemistry with Lance, who played with him last year as a second-string center and quarterback tandem. But yeah, Burford, it's like, wouldn't you rather have Brunskill out there? Not to say Burford can't have or doesn't have the higher ceiling, because he does, and he's played okay, but having a veteran guy out there to play right guard next to McGlinchey, to me, that might be the smarter move. And I know Brunskill's hurt, so you can't do that currently, but having another veteran on that line to help what looks like a rather inexperienced running back room outside of Wilson Jr., to me, that might help if things do kind of start off slower, they go awry early in the season. I think you could see Brunskill back in that starting lineup to kind of offset the issues they may have. So then how much leash do you give the running game? If it is, in effect, I mean, tonight it was, you know, four yards of carry, whatever you want to talk about, it's a preseason game. But how much leash will you give the running back group before you start to, okay, like, what is going on here? Because if the O-line is shaky or, you know, in interior positions, the question, whatever you want to call it, I mean, I'm just looking up and down, and I don't I don't know how they're going to be able to, right now, consistently piece together drives. Because it's interesting, as much as Trey Lance is an explosive quarterback opposite that of Jimmy Garoppolo, the one thing that everyone was very excited about with, with Jimmy G was the fact that there was, there was more sustained drives. And I just don't see that being as big of a factor early on this season because Trey's going to be learning. Trey's going to be getting reps. And I think that people, for as much as they do expect Trey to be better than Jimmy G, they are going to give him the benefit of the doubt early in the season. So, but you can't give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Right. At, at the end of the day, you need results. And so I just wonder how much finger pointing there's going to be at the running backs as well as the offensive line if Trey Lance struggles because he's already been up and down in practice, the joint practices this week against Minnesota, varying reports, but he had outstanding plays. He had some not outstanding plays, and that's kind of what I'm feeling is going to happen in the first few weeks, especially of the regular season. So are you then going to be looking at the running backs in the O-line and saying, you guys got to step up because if not, Trey Lance just doesn't have a chance. Well, I think that's why you might lean to put a veteran like Brunskill back in the starting lineup once he returns from injury because look at it now. You have Banks, second-round pick. Young, first year as a starter, what it looks like. Burford, first year as a starter, like a fifth-round pick this year. You got Sermon, a third-round pick two years ago. Like There are young guys asked to play large roles, pivotal roles in this offense. Mitchell, even even Elijah Mitchell, it's like a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, pick last year. It's like you're asking young guys to play pivotal roles, and not all of them can do that. Not all of them are equipped to step up when the lights are the brightest, and I think we're seeing that currently. Trey Sermon hasn't done anything. Not in not in preseason, not last year. Now, I'll give him his due. He can take his time. But I don't want you out there when it matters. I want you out there when we're up by 15 in the fourth quarter. Because I, I believe in him, and I don't think he's being used correctly. But that being said, I don't want you out there when it's second six, and it's fourth quarter, and we're down by three, and we need a first down. I don't want you out there. I want guys I can depend on. And Shanahan might give them a week or two to you know, see how things work, but Shanahan's not a guy that seems like he has a lot of patience. 
Yeah, and, and the guy who you can depend on, or at least you could depend on for the majority of last season, was Elijah Mitchell. And so, of course, this is all contingent on him being available or not. He's got the hamstring injury right now and you know unavailable for the preseason. But hopefully he comes back, he is able to shore up that group because I think Trey Lance is going to need him maybe even more so than his wide receiving core. And, you know, I, I, I almost had this thought as, as you were talking right there, but, you know, if if you can't depend on Trey Sermon, if, if Jeff Wilson is <laughs> effective, but he's not going to be a three-down back, yeah. Ty Davis-Price, I think has earned a spot as potentially a you know, goal line or short yardage option. Like I would not want to hit that dude whatsoever. Does Debo find his way back into the backfield a lot sooner than people expected? He may have to. And and that's not an indictment on Mitchell or Wilson. That's what happened last year. It was out of necessity. Exactly. But that's why I'm saying keep all six of these guys. Someone's going to go down. One of them already has gone down. You don't know who's going to be healthy week by week. It's the NFL. Guys fall constantly. Last year, the only reason why he played was because Raheem Mostert had a freak injury. Sermon wasn't doing his job. Then he got hurt. Mm. Wilson got banged up. Then it was Debo Samuel. Save us. Boy. And so I don't think San Francisco wants to use Debo like that. I don't think Debo necessarily, well, he can he can say. He's well, got well, the incentive, well, Sterling. He wants to hit that, but I, don't think Cash. He, but I don't think he wants to hit it by week four. He wants to hit it by week 17. And I think if they struggle early, I don't think, I really don't think Kyle Shanahan, we've seen him before, play the hot hand. If Sherman's starting to stink, or even if it's Mitchell who's struggling, he, he ain't going to play. We saw him bench Matt Breida in 2019, who was their number two back or number three back behind Coleman and Mostert. For Mostert, who was a special teams guy, and he carried him, he's not afraid to say, I don't care what your name is, you're not playing. I don't care if you're a third-round pick or a first-round pick. If you're struggling, you are not going to play. And if the hot hand is Ty Davis-Price, who's this year's third-round draft pick, and Mitchell stinks this year or is struggling, he's going to play Ty Davis-Price and say, Mitchell, you're on the bench, maybe, maybe even inactive. He's just that kind of coach. 888-957-9570. That's the number for the Comcast business text line. Feel free to call in with anything you got about the game. And this is the question I also want to pose as well. And we've kind of stumbled on it through this first 20 minutes. How will Kyle Shanahan set Trey Lance up for success? We've been able to take a little bit away from, from the first preseason game. We've heard and Sterling has been at practice and training camp. He's seen the way that Shanahan ideally wants to use Lance. And we've read about it, but we won't know, of course, until week one. So how do you think that Shanahan is going to set Trey Lance up for success? Because right now, on the offensive side, the two biggest question marks, and whether you think they are or not, there's not question marks on the outside. There's not question marks as much at the tackle positions. It's really on the interior. How are you going to be able to run the ball and specifically effectively up the middle? We didn't see a lot of that. And in fact, I don't think it was a coincidence that today in the second preseason game against the Vikings, we saw a lot of running backs try and bounce the ball. There was not a lot of attack on the interior, whether that's because... Those those guards in the center weren't holding their blocks, or there there weren't you know there wasn't enough punch from the running backs. It just looked like the combination of you know Sermon, Davis, Price, Mason, Hasty. They were looking to bounce that football, and I, I just I wonder if that's a coincidence or if that's something that's going to continue. Well, let's be clear here: Trent Williams didn't play; Justin Skill played. Yeah, he reminds me of Sean Coleman. If you remember him, he was brought over from Cleveland, tore his ACL, then was cut the next year because they couldn't cut it. That's what Justin Skule has been so far this year. He's not played well. He's supposed to be the backup left tackle or in 
in the running for the, the backup left tackle position. He was on his butt like seven times today. I mean, you can't find a lane to run if your left tackle is on his butt. Now, Sutherland was like the third or fourth string center. He was starting today. Like, there's a reason why these guys were struggling, and there's a reason why they were bouncing to the outside. That being said, you have to ask yourself, come week one, with Trent Williams back, with McGlinchey back, whether it's Banks, Brendel, Burford, or Banks, Brendel, and Brunskill, whoever is in that interior, do you trust them enough? Do you have enough faith in them that when week one comes, that first snap of the game is an inside run with whoever it is, can they get you five yards? Like, we know Shanahan can scheme the running game. That being said, it'll matter who's out there. If the players don't do their job, they can't do it. And tonight, I think maybe isn't the best example of not trusting the offensive line or not trusting the running backs, but I think it's thrown into the conversation of, you really, really didn't do it last week either. I think that's what's troubling to me. You have a bunch of unproven guys who are playing currently, and they still haven't proven anything to really put their name in a slot to make this roster. Yeah, well, and, and again, you know, at the the bottom line is 27 49ers did not play tonight. The majority of them should be in the starting lineup come week one for the San Francisco 49ers. But as we talk about this game specifically, and, and of course there's there's not a ton that we can glean and project long-term, but one big name, specifically up front, Javon Kinlaw, that dude looked like a beast. He looked like the first yeah. rounder that they chose to be the replacement for, for Buckner. And I know it's against the Vikings, but to me... Just the fact that he's on the field is the most important part for his game. And as someone who really hasn't played much early on in his career, I love the fact that he's able to, whether it be beating a backup, beating a starter, I just need him to get some confidence because the 49ers are going to need him up front if they are going to rely on what I think is their best group on the D-line. That D-line is one that can win you football games. And... You know, they, they've won, you know, two preseason again, whatever. But that's a, that's a group that can shoulder the weight of a secondary that's spread thin, can shoulder the weight of potentially an offense that could at times be anemic, could be explosive, but also could have first halves like they did tonight where they score six points. So the defensive line is extremely important to me, almost the most important part of this team. And a big factor in that is Javon Kinlaw. And I saw him kicking ass tonight. That was a great sign. Well, what's the one thing that happens after you get injured? You have to prove to yourself you can play again. You have to prove to yourself you can trust your knee or your arm, whatever it is. And I think he proved to himself during training camp, I can do this again. Well, now he's gotten his confidence, carried it over from training camp and said, now I'm going on the field. I know I'm 6'5", 290 pounds of shredded muscle. No one can hang with me. And when you have that confidence of, who's this bum center on the Vikings? He can't hang with me. It's that confidence he carries. And I do think that, the rest of this Niners team, they push that. They they drill that into their players' head. If you have the confidence of, I'm the best player on the field. I'm the best player physically. I'm the best player in the huddle, in the war room, wherever it may be. No one's going to outplay me. And when you're that big like Javon Kinlaw, no one can already outplay you physically. But the mental side is, do I know I can do that? And I think now we're starting to see inklings of the confidence oozing out of him saying, no one can hang with me. Yeah, and and no one should be able to hang with him, quite frankly. He's so big. He is incredible. So scary. That man is intimidating in just about every single sense of the word. If you look up def the definition of intimidating in the dictionary, you might find a picture of Javon Kinlaw, and he looked just like that tonight. So that's a great sign for the 49ers. 
And, you know, he, along with the two other projected starters, potentially in Aaron Banks and Smedford Burford, th- those were the guys that, you know, out of the impact players to come, those were the ones that were on the field that we got to see a bit. Of course, they don't have their their counterparts around them. But with this, Sterling, understand, I think we're both on the same page that the D-line is, you know, the, the deepest part of this team is is most obviously the biggest strength, right? And, you know, has the most impact on the game because they play in the trenches. But after that, is it is it the wide receivers? Is it the linebackers? I mean, wh- where do you feel like the second deepest part of this team is as we've been throwing that term depth around for the first 25 minutes? So I think it's kind of a tie currently because the wide receiver room, you got Debo, we all know what he can do. You got Ayuk, who's emerging He's gaining that confidence. It looks like he has uh, or is going to have a season that is receiver number one. He has a chemistry with Lance. Then you have Jawan Jennings, who has struggled somewhat, but last year came up big against the Rams and late down the stretch. Then you have guys like Danny Gray, who a rookie going to take some time. We know how tough Kyle Shanahan is with young receivers. Oh, I love that guy. Just He's so fast. Danny Gray. <laughs> that being said, you have guys like McLeod, who are special teams guys. Like They're five deep at running back, in my opinion. Then you go to the secondary. Not safeties, but cornerbacks. You got Traverius Ward, the big free agent signing from the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Then you have Emmanuel Mosley, who was locked down last year. Then you got the young kid, Samuel Womack, getting a fumble recovery today and two picks last week. Sammy Dove. Like, he's going to be your nickelback, most likely. And I know you hate to say it, but Dante Johnson's still here, folks. (laughs) But if that's your sixth cornerback, if that's your fifth guy, I'm okay with that. Then you have other guys like Lenore and Amber Thomas, who were good last year. Like, they're young. But I can trust five of those guys. Samuel Walker, Sterling. I don't know who that is, brother. <laughs> he got the pick at the end of the game. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'm sorry. Sorry to throw you for just a making up terms here, man. Yes. Mr. Walker. Tony on, Womack. On line two. Tony Womack. <laughs> Sammy Womack. The third, mind you. And he looks great, man. He looks great. He's a ball hawk, man. He's, he's always around the ball. That's exactly what you want. You you have a young quarterback. You want to be deep at a position. If your fourth corner is getting two picks a game or getting a three turnovers in two games, how can you not be excited? How can you not say that may be the second deepest position on this roster? Also, I apologize, and this is an indication of where I'm at with the depth chart. Taylor Hawkins was the one who got the interception. Oh. Thank you from the Comcast Business Text Line, 888-957-9570. Samuel Womack, by the way, was able to scoop up a fumble today. So he's got, what, three turnovers in the preseason? Yeah, man. I mean, promising. the dude has a nose for the foot. Like you said, he just always seemed to be around the ball. So that's absolutely, like, especially looking back at last year and, and the rookie class, I mean, outside of Elijah Mitchell, you know, your, your top guys didn't really give you much. And so I, I think it's already safe to say that you know, this draft class for the 49ers, it may not be an all-time. They might not be sending five guys to the Hall of Fame, but this is, in a, in a way, this draft class, I think, and we can discuss this on the other side as well, has already demonstrated an ability to have more impact on this season than the top end of last year's draft class did on last season. And that is that is absolutely, absolutely a positive. I'm not going to lie to you. I agree. <laughs> I know it's not common radio to agree, but that being said, I, I think you're right. Outside of Trey Lance, who... We think we know what he might be. We think we know what he could be. Mahomes 2.0, whatever you think he could be. I think you're right. This draft class in 2022, I think they're going to have guys that will start, that will have an impact, and could play pivotal roles late in the season 
when it matters most. Well, we got 90 minutes to figure out something to argue about. Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings right here. The question we've posed, how is Kyle Shanahan going to set Trey Lance up for success? And how might the expectations from the fans hurt or maybe even set up Trey for more success? All of that on the other side, as well as some quarterbacks from around the league played today. They played in the preseason. Trey is not. I don't know. There might be something into that coming up next. It's Sterling Bennett, Evan Giddings with you, rocking until 9 p.m. here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. BC in motion to the left, Gallen straight drop, throws it to the left side, intercepted, threw it right to the DB at the 18-yard line, and heading up the field into Vikings territory. It's an interception for the San Francisco 49ers. Their fourth this preseason, George Odom. Now back to 95-7, the game. That was Paul Allen right there on the NFL Network. Your call right there. George Odom with the first takeaway of the day for the 49ers. Ended up with three by the end of the game. But George Odom, a name that actually might factor into the regular season based on Jimmy Ward being out currently, hamstring injury, and Oda might be a guy that has to step up in that safety spot and play quite a bit for the 49ers, especially early on if if Ward misses some time. Well, I think many people don't know who George Odom is. And he was brought in to be a special teams guy for this team. They wanted to improve the special teams. You know how bad it was last year, albeit it saved their season against Green Bay. It was awful. We saw they were against the Bengals last year. It was just 
pitiful of how bad they were. They brought him in, but also to help the safety room. He's been in the league for a handful of seasons. I believe he was a pro bowler a few years back for his special teams efforts. And he is someone who I think tonight may have won himself the free safety job. Now, the interception was thrown right to him. It wasn't like he did much of an, much of the work there. But that being said, I do think that with Jimmy Ward being out, Hufanga being young, playing strong safety, they are going to want to have a veteran next to him. And I do think Odom, while fourth interception, takeaways are great, I do think he may have played himself into that job tonight. You heard it here first. The depth chart guru, Sterling Bennett himself. Do a breaking news, man. George Odom, starting free safety for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> After second week of the preseason, they beat Minnesota tonight in Minnesota, 17-7. to Evan getting Sterling Bennett, 95-7 the game. Also, big thank you to Cam Williams running the board here for us. We're taking you up until 9 o'clock. If you want to chime in about the game, we're talking about everything, both as well as much about the game here tonight, really trying to broaden the conversation to what the biggest question marks are going to be moving forward towards week one. On September 11th against the Chicago Bears, 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast Business text line who checks in from the 925. You're worried about the running backs, and I think the 49ers should keep them all. And I think that they should keep all three quarterbacks because the interior offensive line is so weak, and I'm really worried about them. Well, if you're worried about the offensive line, shouldn't you then also be worried about the running backs? Because one is kind of dependent on the other. And also, Sterling did mention that that's also a reason you would keep the majority of the running backs and keep all of them is because if Elijah Mitchell misses any time, you're going to have to go pretty deep into your bag to figure out who's going to be the next guy up. Yeah, but can you keep three quarterbacks? You just can't do that, right? Not to keep the strength of depth on the roster, like where you may want it. Right, like Brock Purdy can't be your third quarterback every single week making the roster. If there's a, if that was the case, you just keep Jimmy Garoppolo, because why not? Now we don't open that conversation. That door can be closed. Those are fighting words because it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. But that being you know that being the case, Brock Purdy will be cut eventually. He'll be on the practice squad. Someone else is not gonna pick him up. You only keep guys that you value that will likely get picked up by somebody else on waivers. And Brock Purdy, despite what he's shown, and I do like him as a player, and I do think he has a future here in San Francisco, I would love him to be Trey Lance's backup for maybe eternity. I don't know how long this is going to happen, but I just think Purdy is someone who, despite him playing well, you cut him, you bring him back on the practice squad. In case someone like Lance, in case someone like Sudfeld goes down, on the off chance, you got to bring someone else up. Brock Purdy is your guy because you have him there as a safety blanket on your practice squad. Yeah, and, and we saw tonight from the quarterbacks, granted, and hopefully none of them play in the regular season outside of Trey Lance. That is the goal, to be able to pencil in Trey for 17 regular season games. It won't be Sudfeld season. It won't, it won't be Brocky G season, according to Sterling Bennett. But you did see today them at least being able to execute the offense and an offense that might be kind of similar to what we see from Trey Lance early in the year as far as quick passes, first reads, get that ball out, get it to the guy who's open, whether there's yak after or not, Kyle Shanahan is going to, I don't know if Trey Lance can do it, but I think as we're posing the question, how does he make Trey Lance feel comfortable? How does Shanahan set Trey Lance up for success? I think it's going to be a lot of, Checkdowns, dink and dunks, and scheming to get guys easy and open passes for Trey before they unleash the 76-yard bombs to Danny Gray. See, I actually disagree with you there. So we actually found something. Okay. I think Trey Lance, 
I don't want to say too reliant, but I do think while he has the ability to hit the home run pass, we've seen it over and over and over again. It's it's pretty. It's there. He's it's, been able to hit the open receivers. Fair, but he's able to hit the home run pass. Yeah. Trent, Trent, Trent Sherfield last year, Danny Gray, he can throw guys open down the field, something we haven't had. But the one thing, and it's, it's the biggest nitpick I have, and it's the most like petty thing ever. I don't want him to hit it in preseason. I don't want him to rely on that in preseason. I want to see him on his timing routes to the outside. I want to see him on the crossing routes over the middle. He doesn't do that stuff yet. And he can do it in all the training camps and the practices, and Shanahan can go, I don't need to see it. I've seen it enough. It's a lock. He can do that stuff. But as a fan, which in the larger scheme of things, do we actually matter when it comes to what Kyle Shanahan wants? Not really. No. But I know he can hit the home run pass. I He does it every single time he's played. Whether it's Debo against Atlanta, whether it's Sherfield against the Chiefs in his first preseason game last year, I want to see him do the Jimmy G stuff. Because the whole conversation is, can he beat Jimmy G and more? Right now, I'm seeing the more part of that conversation. I'm not seeing the, can you beat Jimmy G in that conversation yet. Well, and that's why I do think that Kyle Shanahan is almost going to force Trey Lance to do that. I mean... He'll, he'll, he'll allow him to open it up and, and rip it when he wants yeah. a few times a game. But that's why I, I do think he's going to force him to hit those five-yard outs. I mean, you got to be able to show me that you can take the layup before you start taking three-pointers. Like you got to hit free throws. Just All right, when, when players in baseball go out for batting practice, what's the first thing they do in BP and their first round? They bunt. Now... <laughs> Not every baseball player can bunt. We've seen that for the San Francisco Giants. Bring it out. But you have to do that first before you get to swing the bat. Exactly. Trey Lance, you have to hit a five-yard out before you get to rip it down the field. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is, you know, and maybe that's not the best way to set Trey up for success. If you don't think it is, and you think that Trey should be allowed to rip it right off the rip, 888-957-9570, let us know. But I think, and whether it's, you know, the script, it's going to be something short. It's going to be something hopefully intermediate in which we saw a lot of openings today against you know the second and third string secondary for the Minnesota Vikings. But he's going to make Trey try and do what, what Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld did tonight, which is make the layups before you get to take a deep shot. Well, I think in a you know, for to make a long story short, it's conformed to my offense. This is what I want to do. I'm Kyle Shanahan, it's my offense, I'm the genius. Do what I want, then you can do what you want. I'll I will scheme Danny Gray a go route, and I'll make sure he's open for you because I know you can hit it. But this is my offense. I want you to run how I want it to be run. And I think we haven't seen Lance do that just yet. Now, again, I love the deep ball. Who doesn't? It's the reason why he's here because he can do that stuff. Salivating. And Come week one, and he's destroying the Chicago Bears with three deep balls, but my worry is that he's three for 10 or four for 12, and four of those passes are 45-yard touchdown passes, which, I mean, at the end of the day, it's four touchdowns and 45 yards. Who cares? But I'd rather you almost be two home run plays, two touchdowns, milk that clock a little bit, hit the crossing route, hit the out route, show me your timing with these guys is on a good level, and maybe it's because Debo isn't playing and Ayuk hasn't played. Like we have not seen him play with these guys since last year. What was it, in in December against the Falcons? Yeah, and that might be the case here. Maybe it's a nitpick, but I just want to see him do that for my sake. 
Well, and that takes me to my my question, which I've had all preseason and going into the regular season is, okay, what happens when the deep ball isn't there? Because eventually there's going to be a game or two where you can't hit the deep ball. And the if, Rams are going to take that away. That's it. That, exactly. Opposing teams are going to, at some point, figure out, all right, where is Trey strong? Where is he weak? And if the only thing he demonstrates an ability to do with consistency is air it out, well, then prevent coverage. Here we come. Like, I'm going to force you to beat us underneath before you even get a chance to take the top off. And so if you, if you think that, that's the most likely way for the 49ers to succeed. And I do think they can get by with a couple of big shots per game based on how good their defense is expected to be. They may only need 20, 25 points a game. But how are you going to get it when a team takes away what you want to do? And just thinking out loud here, maybe it's easier to learn that way. Open up the underneath. That way it's wide open and those are gimme balls for him. But the, the one concern I have is that he has not shown the ability in training camp. I've been there. I've seen him. He hasn't hit those consistently. Now, again, if they're wide open in the in the bubbles of the defense like Shanahan is known to do for Garoppolo last year, maybe it'll be easy for Trey to learn that and grow within that in the offense when he knows he can hit the deep ball. But once the bubbles are open underneath, you know, McLeod's sitting there wide open for, for five, six yards, he can just flip it to him. Maybe that's why Shanahan's not really saying, no, it's not an issue or whatever. It just seems like, from a fan perspective, for someone like myself who sits here and says, I want to see him do the Jimmy G stuff because I know he can do the Trey Lance stuff. Maybe Shanahan's saying, well, I know he can do the Trey Lance stuff. The Jimmy G stuff will come because it was so easy. I can make that easier for him. I think that may be easier progression for him coming through the season. Well, we didn't learn anything more as far as figuring that question out here tonight because Trey Lance did not play in the second game of the preseason. I'm sad. He's going to play on Thursday. Don't worry. you got to wait a, just, just, now just, happy. just a couple of days. Houston Texans upcoming on Thursday. That'll be the third and final preseason game for the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance will play in that game, but he did not play tonight. And this, there was something brought up throughout the broadcast that I, I just thought was kind of interesting. You know, They were focusing on the players who are expected to start or be in the mix for a starting spot. We've talked about Javon Kinlaw. That is certainly one of them. He was great tonight, I thought. The other two names were Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford, two offensive linemen, guys with not a lot of in-game experience, similar to Trey Lance. And this was brought up on the broadcast tonight that Burford and Banks, quote-unquote, need reps. They need experience. They need snaps. They need a chance to grow and learn in the game, in the trenches. So why doesn't Trey Lance? 888-957-9570. Hit us up. Why does Trey Lance not need these reps? And maybe this is a question that only Kyle Shanahan can answer, and he's not going to because it is his plan. He thinks this is the best plan of attack for Trey's progression, and I'm sure he's going to eventually be right because I eventually believe that Trey Lance is going to be a very good quarterback. But looking around the rest of the NFL, Josh Allen played, Patrick Mahomes played, Matt Ryan played an entire quarter in week one for the Indianapolis Colts. These are already established. One of them, you know, 15-plus year veteran that Kyle Shanahan is, is in many ways responsible for Matt Ryan. Two MVP-level talents that have been to playoff games. One of them has won a Super Bowl. Sorry to bring that up, 49ers fans. Oh. So... Why, do, why doesn't Trey Lance need to play? Is it simply just because there's a game on Thursday? 
Well, I think, and I have many things I want to say about this, because one, they play three games in 12 days. Maybe that's why. And he's thinking, I don't want to get my guy hurt. That's fine. That's fine. But do the Colts not want to get Matt Ryan not hurt? Do the Chiefs and Bills not want to not get Josh Allen hurt? Like their If any of those ride, three teams lose their quarterbacks, their seasons are done. Same with San Francisco. Yeah. Now, again, it could be the 12 dates. We want to rest our guys. And maybe it's you know a meaningless conversation to have. But I do think that Trey Lance, who is unproven, right? We don't know what he will be. What he could be, we all think it's amazing. We don't know what he will be, what he currently is. We know what Matt Ryan is, a former MVP, multiple-time Pro Bowler. We know what Mahomes is. We know what Josh Allen is. And if it's just there's three games in 12 days, cool, check it off. My mind's at ease. But I don't know. I, I think I just want to see him. I think, I think that's why, as a fan, I just want to see him play because I'm, I'm so yeah. excited to watch him play. I want to see what he can be in. A little part of me is a little impatient, not with his progression, but I just want to see my quarterback play. Yeah, and and what, the, the, the number that Peter King floated last week on Damon and Ratto, he's going to be joining them all season long right here on 95.7 The Game. And Peter King, very knowledgeable about the game of football, put it into perspective. Trey Lance has thrown 390-odd pass attempts last four years. So it's more of a question that I'm asking from a selfish perspective. Yeah. And... I just want to see him. Why isn't he playing? Because I want to see more. And I and as a media member, I also want to see more so I can make, you know, some 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 you know conclusion about where he is in his progression, where he is in his in his development. I'm fully willing to admit that this is a shell a selfish ask, but I think it's an ask that a lot of fans are trying to figure out as well. And hopefully one of those fans of the San Francisco 49ers who we got on the line right now can help us. One of our very own Shamari Block from the city of Oakland. East Bay Zone, Shamari, block us hot. What's going on, man? Nothing much, fellas. What's up? Y'all sounding good out here tonight, man. Yeah, you, you know what the funny thing is about every the names you said? Another name that I think is comparable to Trey Lance, Tua Tungabailoa, started today. And Kyle Shanahan has his plan. I get it. I don't get what exactly it is. But at the end of the day, you kind of got to trust Kyle Shanahan. And... The practices, he said, the joint practices were better for than the game would have been. And you do have, like you guys are talking about, you have 12 games, three games in 12 days, a whole bunch of stuff like that. What I think, but again, like Evan, like you said, I want to see this guy. This is the quarterback. Three, two first-round draft picks, a whole bunch of hype. Jimmy G out the door, and this guy sitting on the bench, but then Burford's in there, Banks is in there. And why? Oh, because they're young guys and they need to play. It's like, well, doesn't he need to play? That's a fantastic question. Appreciate Shamari calling in from the city of Oakland. And that's one that we won't know. We we likely will never know. Kyle Shanahan will not give us that answer. And I don't really think he owes us the answer. But yeah, I'm I'm with Shamari. I do want to see him play and... for Especially as much as he's been up and down in practice... I'm also willing to admit that maybe Trey Lance is just an inconsistent practice player, but then we don't see him or have not seen him as much in real games. So I I don't know yet where I'm at. I think a lot of people expect big things from Trey Lance this season, or maybe more specifically, big things from the 49ers, and Trey Lance is a huge factor in that. But it makes it difficult to answer that question when we don't have enough of a sample size. 
let me ask you this. Had he played a full quarter last week, would both of us feel the same way? I don't think so. I think I would have said, I have my Trey Lance fix for a week and a half. I'll wait till week three. And he, he was he played 11 plays last week in week one. Two drives. In the preseason. Had, had he played a full quarter, we got our Trey Lance fix, would this even be a conversation? Because, I mean, while I still want to see him play, would, as a fan, would I say, that's sufficient for me? Would you say that? I think so. Yeah, and and the original number I had for the first week was around 20 plays. So, you know, maybe if you play a full quarter, you get to the 20 plays and you basically are splitting hairs there because he played roughly 10 plays in week one. Then he would have had an extra 10 plays under his belt. Regardless, it's just it's tough for me to to sit back and be patient. I, I'm not an I'm an impatient person, Sterling. I think the fan base is too. Well, let's see if Barry from Berkeley is because he's up next here on 95.7. The game we're talking about the 49ers after they won in their second week of the preseason, 17 to seven against the Minnesota Vikings. Barry, what's going on, man? What do you got for us? How are you? Hey guys. Okay. Okay. I I. I agree, agree with you, but in addition, not as a fan, not as a as, as a as a former coach, okay, as a as a college assistant coach, pe- people don't learn how to play watching, watching, and this kid, mind this kid is a rookie. He didn't. He's a rookie quarterback, and anybody who thinks that this kid is ready. To play and take take the Niners, Niners to NFC. I think we lost Barry there, but his it's point his really, point is oh sorry. Okay, I'm hot. No, no. Again, again, like you said before, Mahomes played today. Josh Allen played today. At least a quarter. Play the kid a quarter, and then take him out. Okay, but he does not learn how to play under pressure, any kind of pressure, in practice. It's not the same. And and, and the Niner fans, I think they have too high expectations for this kid this year. Okay, the kid is a rookie and didn't play D1 big-time ball. We appreciate that, Barry. The, the point is, is well taken. I, I, and a great point from the Comcast Business Text Line one that we love, Lori from Phoenix. It's not worth risk risking an injury just to see him in a meaningless game. I understand that too. But then you're risking yourself anytime you take the field. I mean, well, Trey Lance in his first start against the Cardinals got hurt in that game. Yeah, but wasn't last week meaningless too? He played. It was. So probably playing week three, isn't that meaningless as well? And I'm not saying playing the full game. I'm not even saying playing the full half. But playing more than two drives. And he... If he would have played a full quarter last week, I'm cool with it. Don't need Trey Lance today. That being said, Kyle Shanahan said earlier in the offseason or earlier during training camp that he values joint practices more than this Vikings game itself. But then Brandon Ayuk says it was kind of a waste of time. Now, that could just be Brandon Ayuk's opinion, but what if Trey has that same opinion? I'm not trying to project that onto him, yeah. but what if for Trey as the player, he's like, yeah, I actually would have liked to play it in the game because the joint practice, I can only get so much from it. Being in front of your offensive line, going against Minnesota in practice, is much different than playing against them in a real game. And one thing that that hit me as you brought up the number three games in twelve days, which is you know a lot to force on a young quarterback. But there might be points throughout the season in which you're going to have to play those quick turnarounds. You're going to be playing Thursday night games, 
after a Sunday game. There's going to be those shortened weeks in which you're going to be forced to play. And maybe Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and Brian Grease, the quarterback's coach, went through it all this week and prepared like he was going to play and just figured, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to do this because you were playing on Saturday and then Thursday and there's just a lot going on. We don't want to risk anything. And maybe they prepared like he was going to play, but then he simply didn't. We don't know. But in, again, it, it just begs the question of why when we see quarterbacks around the rest of the league. And again, Patrick Mahomes is not airing it out. He's simply just going through a scripted 5-10 plays, gets his work in, gets off the field, Business as usual, same for the Josh Allens of the world. So that's the only reason why I'm asking this question now. And we'll eventually get to other parts of the 49ers, some of the position groups, also fans' expectations for this team, along with individuals on the roster. But I want to quickly get this call in before we hit the break. It's Robert from Emeryville who wants to talk about Trey Lance right here on 95.7 The Game. Robert, what's up? You're on with Sterling Bennett and Evan Giddings. What's up, y'all? Um... I think the whole Trey Lance thing, uh, not playing, I think it's more so about confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're raising a kid, one of the, the most important things to do is to feed them, feed them confidence so that when they get out there on their own, uh, they're not second-guessing themselves. You know what I mean? I think the last thing you want to do is put him out there and leave him out there for too long and have him making mistakes and then having the media come down on him and he's losing confidence in the, in the damn preseason. You know what I'm saying? It's not worth it. So I think uh, the Kyle Shanahan is just protecting his confidence and uh, – just, you know, have him take baby steps before he really gets out there. That's it. Appreciate that, Robert. He's protecting his guy, Shanahan is. Trey Lance said, and I'm not disagreeing with Robert. I don't I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like to raise children. But He's from the East Bay now. Be easy. Oh, hey, it's my home. 925, man. <laughs> but that being, you know, Trey Lance did say he does not care what the media says. Respectfully, he goes, your opinion of me and my team does not matter. I don't think he's hurting for confidence. I don't think Trey Lance lacks confidence. I'm not saying Robert's saying that, but... Had he played today and had he gone two for eight, maybe thrown a pick, I don't think he's sitting there saying, oh, man, like, oh, week three, I'm not playing well. It's, I think he would take it in stride and say, how can I learn from this instead of holding on to it? Trey Lance's whole motto and what he's taken with him throughout training camp in the preseason, he's a smart kid, smart guy, 22 years old. He wants to get better. Everything he's taken in stride, whether it was last year with Garoppolo as a starting quarterback or the mistakes he made against the Cardinals last season into this year in the preseason and training camp, He's taken everything in stride. Every day is a learning experience for him. He said that himself, every day I can learn. And if you struggle against Minnesota in the preseason, when it doesn't matter, it gives you more opportunity to learn. Even if you struggled against Green Bay in week one, and okay, you can learn from that. Well, to Robert's point, as far as Shanahan wanting to protect his confidence, I mean, maybe that's the reason why he took Trey Lance out after a 76-yard touchdown pass. I mean, now maybe 11 plays was exactly the number that he wanted to get to. Maybe it was 10, maybe it was 15. Who knows? But I do think that you know the the question is is valid from a fan perspective, and apparently it's valid you know from a former coach's perspective. We've had a caller that's called in that that has experience and is is still wondering you know what exactly is going on what are we going to see from Trey Lance in the third preseason game that is our next question as we move halfway through your 49ers post game coverage right here on 957 the game 1 hour in the books 1 hour left how do you feel about Trey Lance what are your expectations for him do you feel like that's setting him up to succeed setting him up to fail because Kyle Shanahan as we've discussed this last half hour is trying to set Trey up to succeed i think that's why he did not play tonight 
even though Sterling and I are on the same page that we wanted to see him. We're going to get into all that and more coming up next on the other side of this commercial break right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 